You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. Bibles turn to Titus chapter 3. Start in verse 9. It says, But shun foolish controversies and genealogies and strife and disputes about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. Reject a factious man after a first and second warning, knowing that such a man is perverted and is sinning, being self-condemned. Now, one of the character flaws that I struggle with (laughs) right now in the day and time is being kind and gracious and merciful and compassionate in a time of no common sense, bad policies, and stupid ideas. You know, and sometimes that's, I mean, that's just hard, you know. And and so, but what I'm seeing is, is that, and and listen, truth isn't always going to be fair. That's why it's so hard. Because somebody's right and somebody's wrong. And and so that always makes it tough. But this is the truth. And and what I want to talk to you today about is fruit that lasts. Lasting fruit. Because in this day in which we live, in all this lack of common sense, bad policies and just bad ideas, it's hard to maintain and grow and be fruitful. Come on. And as Christians, we can't get caught up in all this because I'm, I'm watching pastors and Christians get caught up in all the backlash of the politics and all of what's going on and and quite frankly, it's, it, you know, and they're getting caught up in the, race and tolerance and fairness issues. And I know they're hoping to try to make a difference, but all they're doing is just muddying up the water. When you start trying to pick sides with sides that don't, come on, don't have no common sense, you know, and they don't line up with the word. Come on, see, everybody knows that. And, and that's the frustration that we know, knowing God's word, and because here's the deal. As a Christian, as a true believer, we can't be racist. We can't be racist. As a Christian and as a believer in Jesus Christ, we can't be racist. And as a Christian and a believer in Jesus Christ, I can't be offended by it either. Oh, come on. Because there's a lot of people who are offended at people who are racist. Come on. You can't be offended at that. See, we're seeing the world's system as it's failing. See, they're never going to get it right without Jesus. You, You can't get it right without Jesus. And they hate Jesus. (laughs) So therefore, they hate us. See, we should all be on the same page. It doesn't matter what color you are, what denomination you are. If we are all Christians, come on, we're all on the same page. And the world system is not working. They don't like him. They don't like his way of living. And therefore, they hate us. Now, they love to get us on their side, come on. Seeing as a church, we can't get caught up in their ways of doing things or get caught up in the backlash of all their politics or media spins or whatever they're doing. See, we don't come up with some sort of compromise so that they can feel good. Come on, y'all hear me? That's, that's, not, that's not how this works. Now, we don't have to be idiots about that. Listen, I don't, if, I don't care how you choose to live. 
at some point, you're going to realize your way of life is not right. I don't have to tell you that. Come on. I don't have to condemn you into telling you your way of living is not right. Because you won't bear fruit. Come on. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Without doing it God's way. So I don't have to tell you the fruit that's going to be bearing in your life is going to tell you, wait a minute, I'm on the wrong path. Does that make sense? See, God doesn't work that way of compromise to make us feel better about our way. He takes the ones that refuse, refuses to bow to the world's way of doing things and he causes them to stand out in the midst of the pressure. That's what God does. God wants people who will not bow to the pressures of the world's way and system of doing things and stand up for and live morally, rightly, according to his word. And to make right choices, choosing life every, come on. See, when you choose life, that's going to bear fruit of life. Come on. Because that's what he said in Deuteronomy, right? I set before you life and prosperity, death and adversity. Choose. That's what bears good fruit. Genesis chapter 50. Let's, let's go there. And, and listen, we can't, we can't get mad at people who don't know the truth. Because a lot of times the systems that's around us is growing us spiritually. See, there's a lot of times there's people connected to you that you're, you're going, man if, you would, man, if you just surrendered Jesus, your life would be a real nice. And I wouldn't have to be sitting here talking to you every day. You know? It, but a lot of times what that is, is, is that's growing you spiritually. Look in Genesis 50, verse 19. And this is when Joseph finally has revealed himself to his brothers. Now remember, his brothers, Joseph had the dream, right? Joseph's dream was that his brothers were going to be serving him. Now, it would have probably behooved him if he'd have just kept that to himself. But he did not. He began to brag about it. And as he bragged about it, or as he went and told them about it, and then his daddy put favor on him, they really hated him. Come on. Favor ain't fair. And as Christians, our daddy favors us. Come on. Just because you got, listen, everybody in here, God's put dreams in. Oh, well, you can't do that. Oh, you can't do, uh, uh, wait, wait a minute. If God put a dream in you, God can make that happen. But you're going to have to make right choices and understand that in the midst of the pressure, come on, and the misunderstandings and the time, it's the time that gets us. See, you got to understand, it doesn't matter how long the time is, God is working on you to get your dream a reality. That's what takes and gets most Christians. And so, let's look here. Joseph is now revealed himself to his brothers, and his brothers are scared. And they're falling down at his feet. In verse 19, it says, But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in God's place? Look what that says. 
He's asking them a question. What they're remembering is what they did to him. Which they should. Because the dirty, rotten siblings throwed him in a pit, took his nice coat that his daddy gave him, ripped it up, covered it in blood, said he got to eat by a lion. And then, that's not good enough, then they sold him for 20 shekels of silver. Come on, how much did they sell Jesus for? Come on, God don't miss nothing. Listen, you can look all through the Bible and the plan and mandate on how to grow us never changes. The mandate never changed and how God matures us to bear fruit never changed either. What changed was the church. To say the prayer, sit down, wait to go to heaven. And then we're thrown into this process of a pit, being sold, come on, being lied about. And the whole time, God's trying to grow us and get us Amen. to his place. Oh, man, come on. Look what he says. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid, for am I in God's place? And as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Come on. Romans 8, 28. All things work together for the good for those who what? Love God. You can't forget that part. Love God. God meant it for good. Look what it says right here. In order to bring about this present result. Come on. God's after results. See, when we took the fact out that God wants results, that God wants a product, that God's after a harvest, we lost something in the body of Christ. Amen. We lost maturity. We lost growing. We lost conversions. Come on. Where people come into the church, receive Jesus, believe in the word, but then they never convert and change. Come on. And so what we lost was a lack of faith and a lack of stay. We were all show, we were no, no stay. This present result to preserve many people alive. Listen. That's what God's after, to preserve the lives of people. That's why we go through and change and repent and obey and do and stick it out. We don't quit. We keep, come on. Listen, that's, that's, the, that's the process. That's what we have to go through. It's, it's not about just fairy dust and everything just automatically happens. Listen, if certain things aren't happening in your life, it's not that they're not going to happen. It's just the result is not ready yet. Come on. See, God exalts those who shun foolish controversies and genealogy and strife and dispute. See, God has different result in mind. You got to always remember that. Listen, if anybody could have been bitter and mad, could have been Joseph. And he was the second in command in all of Egypt and could have had all their heads cut off. Come on. He had every right to be ticked and be offended. At least slap one of them You know, I mean, can I get away with a slap? Oh. See, God wants to preserve life and we have to choose to change. He could have choose to be offended. 
Listen, here's the deal about that. You can choose to hang on to your dream and your passion, or you can choose to be offended in unforgiveness, but you can't hang on to both. You're not going to hang on to both and get the result that God's after. You're going to have to be determined to let go of one, come on, and go on with the other. See, it really gets me to thinking about Matthew 24. I tell you what, let's, let's turn there. I wasn't going to turn there, but I'm going to turn there. Because this is, I think this is so important that you see this. Matthew 24. Heck, you start in, I tell you what, start in verse 4. I'm sorry, guys. See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened. For those things must take place, but that it is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and in various places... There will be famines. Oh my God, global warming. Listen, do you know what brought Joseph's brothers to him? Climate change. It's always been here. There's always famines. There's always wars. There's always something going on. But now what you got is, you know, back then you had guys sitting there tinkering on a rock trying to ride it. And so it, now it's just take a picture of, oh my God, global warming, there's a dead pigeon. <laughs> Come on, are y'all with me in here? Shun, foolish, reject those kind of people. Here's what's crazy. Have y'all seen... Yeah, have y'all seen the group of of Mother Earthers? What they I guess they Mother Earthers running through the woods, kissing trees. They don't hug trees anymore. They kiss. I'm talking tongue, <laughs> making out with trees. Y'all think I'm kidding? <laughs> I'm telling you. This, this is where we're at, y'all. It's hard not to slap somebody like that. And now, we got people on the news saying that it's not right to defend yourself. Well, if I go up in your house and I break in your house... You shouldn't just be able to shoot me. That, that's what one, one lady said. Uh, I'm sorry, Moonbeam. You come up in my house. Marvin, we are in a hole. It's like, wait a minute, are we still on earth? But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations on account of my name. And at that time, many will fall away. He's talking about believers here. And will deliver up one another and hate one another. For many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. He's, he's still talking about Christian folks. Look at verse 12. And because lawlessness, listen, that's unrighteousness. In other words, that's people who are in the church out of alignment with the kingdom of God. That's what lawlessness is. It's not all the raping, pillaging, come on, y'all hearing me? It, that's not what he's talking about being out of alignment with the kingdom of God. Because 
lawlessness is increased that's in the church because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. Here's the issue with that. When love, love is the first fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. When love goes, joy, peace, patience, kind, all that goes. I'm, I, I see preachers right now who have no peace, they have no joy, and they are all jerked up over all this race stuff. Come on, y'all hearing what I'm saying? Galatians, uh, look. See, we need to take a very close look at what's happening, and we have to remember our why. We have to remember why Jesus died on the cross. Joseph never let the what that was going on to him affect his dream, affect his why. He, he never let that affect all the situations and circumstance. God kept him going. Listen, matter of fact, he named his sons Manasseh and Ephraim. And Manasseh means, uh, Manasseh means God uh, helping me forget uh, my sorrow. That's what Manasseh means. God's helping me. It's not that he wasn't sorrowful. Come on. Nobody is gonna just be sitting in the bottom of a pit. God's got something for me. Mm -mm, no, that's not how that goes. God, you gave me a dream. God, you gave me a vision. Why am I going through all this? God, I don't even know you. God, why? All we want to do is serve you, God. What's going? Come on. That's what you say when you're in the pit. When you don't understand God, come on. Because there's going to be a many a time you don't understand God. And you don't know what's going on in your life. And why everybody says that they're going to be there for you. They're not there for you. Come on. When God kicks all your supports out from underneath you and you're just by yourself, come on. Listen, you just don't know. But yet, when Manasseh was born, he said, God help me forget. You're blessing me right here in the land of Egypt. In the midst of all of this, you're blessing me, helping to forget my sorrow. And man, you're holding that baby. Come on. Then he names his boy Ephraim. Ephraim means you've doubled, you've made me doubly blessed and made me doubly fruitful in the land of my affliction. See, that's a, that, that's a mentality that we need to have in the church. That's the mentality of Christians not that, oh my God, I'm being afflicted. Come on. Yeah, you're going to be afflicted, but what, while you're being afflicted, you're going to be on your knees going, I'm not going to quit praising. I'm not going to stop praising you. All I have is a hallelujah, so here it is. What else do I have for a king? Come on, God, you're more than enough. Come on, we heard every song that needed to be sung this morning for this message. You're more than enough. In the morning, I will rise. In the morning, you sing over me. Come on. And I receive your mercy. Your faithfulness is clear to me. It's constant every day. Come on, do you know that song? Can you wake up in the midst of your affliction and sorrow and go, God, one more day, I thank you that you gave me your constant. Because let me tell you, that's the power and weapon in your praise that Reno was singing about. Come on, is anybody in here? 
See, this is about doing the right thing even in the midst of the wrong being done to you. 1 Corinthians 3 says, Each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it, because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. And this is why for 17 years, we, this is what we've preached right here. We've preached, you're going through the fire. We've preached process. Why? Because this isn't a scripture about condemning somebody to hell. This is a scripture about your character being tested. And everything that is not of God will fall off. Everything that will not bear fruit for the kingdom must fall off. Come on, man. Is anybody in here? This isn't a scripture that condemns us to hell. It's a scripture about our character. Each man's work will become evident. If, you've laid a, if, if you build on the foundation of Jesus Christ, wood, hay, straw, gold, silver, come on. You're going to find out. Programs. Come on. Playgrounds. Smoke. Lights. Come on. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Don't come here just because all this is excellent and good to be entertained. Listen, we want to do things for excellence for God. Number one. You go back there and look in that fellowship hall. Oh, my God. That, that's, that's excellent back there. All, 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 uh, in my office, my office looks like Santa's workshop right now. There's bicycles, there's presents, there's, listen, I walk in and Shawnee just took it over. I told Kobe, I said, look, we can't even go in there and have our morning powwow in there. I mean, Shawnee done took it over. But it's excellent. Everybody doing excellence. That's the body of Christ, y'all. Not just throwing stuff half together. That's what made me so mad about the orphanage when we first started going there is all the toys that were given to them that had garage sale tags still on them. It just makes, I could chew this top of this pulpit off. Why would you go to an orphanage representing the kingdom of God with garage sale items? that don't have batteries, that don't work anymore. Come on. I remember years ago when I first got saved, we went to an apartment complex and a little boy kept coming up to me and going, holding a fire truck. And, and I, I couldn't understand a word he said, you know. And his mama said, oh, he's, he's wanting to know if you've got the remote control. Because the last church that came brung that fire truck without the remote control. And so here I come, a church representative, come on, of the kingdom. He's making these connections, come on, and a little boy that I can't even understand has done made the connection that, wait a minute, the church forgot to give me the remote. I'm telling you, that did something to my Christianity right there. So from then on, it was like, if we're going to do something, we're going to do it with excellence. We're not going to be representing the kingdom of God. See, each man's work will become evident. And I think that's been evident. See, there will be a judgment of godly character while we're here. While we're here. See, we're living in a day that it is testing us to the very core of our trust and our belief system. Malachi chapter 3. It says, but who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller soap. Here's the question. Who can endure? He doesn't say nobody can endure. He's saying who can endure. What I'm telling you, those who endure are the ones who are willing to go through the fire 
being tested now, come on, who, who are willing to each man's work being tested. Come on, everybody in here is going to go through a trial and a test of faith and of character. That's who can endure because you've done been through the fire and what's gone wasn't God and what remains is God and that's what lasts. Come on. See, there's always going to be famine, floods, wars, rumors of wars. There's always going to be that kind of stuff. And you just can't get caught up in all that mess. See, those who are willing to go through the fire and the pruning process of belief and faith in Christ, it will result in the sustaining of life for others around you during the seasons that we go through. See, all the famines, all the war, all the rumors, all that, all that stuff, those are all seasons that come and go. John 15, verse 1. Let me turn there real quick. Y'all doing all right? Y'all ready for Thanksgiving? Ready for the turkey? The dressing? The organized chaos that comes at Thanksgiving? That's what our Thanksgivings are like. Just organized chaos. I guess I should have kept turning and talking. But I did not. John 15, verse 1. I'm the true vine. This is Jesus talking. He says, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Now, you, you got to stop right there because Jesus says, I'm the vine. In other words, I'm the source for life. I am the source for life, and my father is the farmer. My father's the husbandman. He's the one that does the pruning. He's the one that does the cultivating and the keeping. Come on, the plowing that ground. Come on, there's some, some of y'all, like me, had to be plowed up. There's scripture for it. It says, break up that fallow ground. Me and Mike was talking this morning. We're still trying to figure out what to do with our lives. See, sometimes that plowing that ground, you know, you got to plow that ground up. And that's what God does. He plows that ground up. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Now that's pretty clear right there. We can't do this without Christ. And we can't bear fruit without allowing the pruning. Come on. There's some pruning you got to allow. I mean, sometimes you get to tucking them branches in. <laughs> but when you don't cut away the dead stuff, it will eventually kill. Come on. Because God's trying to pump more life into you. But he can't until he gets some stuff out of the way. Come on. So he says, abide in me and I in you. See, that word abide, unless you stay, unless you continue, unless you endure, unless you remain, come on, tarry, unless you tarry with, come on, listen, that it was very powerful that Jesus tells them, y'all go to the upper room and tarry there. Wait there. Remain there until the promise comes. How many did they start out with 
in the upper room. A bunch. A whole lot. And let me tell you, as time went on, some couldn't remain. Some couldn't stay with it. Some couldn't change their thought process. Some of them got hungry, had to go. Some of them's ox got in a ditch. Somebody's kid, come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? I'm saying life is happening even when God says, wait. You just have to figure out how to wait and remain while life is going on. Hang on, baby, we got, come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? I'll just, anybody got a cracker? You, you got to figure out how to tarry until something happens. You can't let your mind, oh, God, he's never going to come. I don't know what's going on. Well, he's been saying he was coming for days. Come on. And that's why I don't get in a bag about end time stuff because, listen, the church has done that to themselves now. We've been telling people Jesus is coming back tomorrow. Oh, my God. 88 reasons why he's coming in 88. Come on, the book sold. And 89 came. 89 reasons why he didn't come back. I, you know, I mean. And what we've done is, is we've wore people down to the fact, oh, he's not coming back. And we haven't taught people how to live and bear fruit today. See, we, we've quit occupying going through the process of bearing fruit. Is anybody here? Listen, this is very important. If you don't hear nothing else I say, you got to hear this. Abiding in a pew is not the same as abiding in the vine. You can't just abide in a pew. You have to abide in the vine. You cannot bear fruit just abiding in the pew. Just because you're sitting in a pew doesn't make you a Christian. No more than me standing in a garage makes me a car. See, 2020 revealed to us the Christians who were all show and no stay and had a lack of faith and trust in God. See, truth is the truth. If we're abiding in the vine, then what we should see is a character change in how we think, talk, act that changes our habits, which changes our character. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. See, and you have to know the truth, and that changes your thoughts, and that changes your words, and that changes your actions. And so that changes your habits, and then your habits change your character. See, when you don't renew your mind, you can't fulfill that dream that God's give you. You've got to be able to renew your mind. Because you can't, if you can't renew your mind, because let me tell you something, there's a lot of crazy things happening in the church. And, and, and I tell you this, Listen, when, when you're renewing your mind to truth, here's what happens. It's a byproduct. It, it's, it's called integrity, honor, humility, morality. It's grateful, thankful. These are all products of fruit that's lasting. I remember growing up and Christians getting meaner, not better. You know? I tell you what, look in Romans chapter 1. Because this is so telling. Romans chapter 1, verse 21. For even though they knew God, listen, he's talking about people who knew God. They did not honor him as God. In other words, they didn't honor him as the God who cultivates, renews, come on, puts us through the process. Look, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculation and their foolish heart 
was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Come on, man. Uh, listen, this is fixing to hit right in the headlines of today's news. And exchange the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. In other words, they began to worship creation. Come on. Therefore, God gave them over to the lust of their hearts, to impurity, that their bodies might be dishonored among them. And they exchanged the truth. There it is. They exchanged the truth of God. They exchanged the way of God. See, you can't get to life without going through truth. Therefore, God gave them over, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever and ever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. In the same way, also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts, receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. Just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. And you keep going on reading that. But listen, here's where the church messed up is we went around starting to condemn them. See, when we got away from the way, when we got away from the way of doing things, God's way, then what we did is we had to do some things to try to get our numbers up. Come on. And so what happens is, is we kind of, Learn to tolerate. And so we got ourselves into a position where we're condemning people for their sin. Jesus never condemned them for their sin. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's huge. He didn't call it out. Come on. You know, I know, we all knew we were sinners. You didn't have to tell me I was messing up. I knew. Come on. And so God set away a precedence for us as believers in the way of life to live in front of a world that is deceived in hopes to preserve life for them. As we are bearing fruit, come on, and the world is seeing that, they should be going, that's what I want. Well, here's how I got, here's, here, it's not by my doing. But here's what I did, and here's how God blessed me. Because he's the way, the truth, and the life. Come on, does that make sense? And that just takes time. It, listen, and that's why people can come in here just like they are. I, I don't know your timeline. God knows your timeline. Your timeline's really up to you, how much pruning you want to go through. If you're willing to go through the pruning and get that pruning out of the way, hey, that's good. But if God, listen, that's why grace God knows we weren't going to just sign on for a pruning. Here, God, cut away. <laughs> Ain't nobody likes that. Come on. But see, God works on each, each one of us are all going to grow at different speeds. Come on. And that's where grace comes in. See, grace allows you to live out the demand the word puts on you. 
It's not to just cover you while you sit there and struggle in your sin. Come on. No, grace allows you to live out the demand the word puts on you. Y'all with me? Galatians chapter 5. Come on, everybody knows this scripture. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Get such thing, there is no law. Listen, we're living in a day that, man, we're, we're having to, you, we need to really look at that scripture. Because there's two things an old horse trainer told me. He said, here's what you got to have to be able to train horses. Patience and a sense of humor. <laughs> and let me tell you, we're, we're, we're living in a day right now, you got to have patience and a sense of humor. You got to be able to be willing to laugh at yourself. Because you're just going, you're going, you're going to twist off. You're going to make dumb. Listen, it's going to happen. And you just got to back up and laugh. I mean, me and Josh twisted off the other day. He twisted off because he left the water hose on. And last thing we want is flooded pens around our place. He walks off. And then I go over there to finish loading the bulls that he was doing. And, and then I walk up in the trailer. Caleb's up in the trailer. He's up in the trailer behind the gate. And I walk up, I walk up in there and them little bulls went to turn around and come back and I went to grab the crowd gate to, uh, in the trailer to and it was latched. And that's one of my pet peeves when I'm loading. I unlatch it so I can, so I'm, now they've all turned, now they're coming over top of me. So now I'm twisted off. And Caleb, he's up, I hear this voice in the trailer. You two grumpy need to get y'all's life together. <laughs> and, and then Caleb says, that's kind of that's pretty good coming from me. I've got growing some. Because usually he's the first one to twist off. I, I said, well, I'm proud of you. We laugh. We, you know. <laughs> Malachi 4. See, the question still remains, who can endure? See, we're going through the, we're going through a mashing right now as Christians. Who can endure? Malachi chapter 4. It's the very last chapter in the Old Testament before God went silent for 400 and something years. So it's pretty dead important. The last words of a prophet before silence. And here's what I found out about God too. There's things that he has told us and shown us in the beginning that when it got dark and God got silent, and I never knew where he was at. I couldn't let go of what he showed me in the light because that's what carried me through the darkness. Come on, when Joseph was in the pit, he had to still remember he had a dream, even when he didn't understand. Even when you're offended, even when you're mad. And let me, let me just say, most, most offenses are misunderstandings. And it's just a test. It's that character test. Because most of the times when somebody in the church offends you, it's a test. Are you going to remain? Are you going to endure? And are you going to stay? Four, verse one. For behold, 
the day is coming, burning like a furnace. A day is coming. A day is always coming. Come on. It says when you, in Ephesians, what does it say? When the evil day comes, stand firm. See, it's, it's the, those evil days are, they're here. They're always coming. We live in the midst of a fallen world. Look what it says. For behold, the day is coming, burning like a furnace. And all the arrogant and every evildoer will be chaff. Who? Okay. So that means I need to be in right standing with the kingdom of God. Right? Because in chapter 3, he said, who can endure? And the day that is coming will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave, leave them neither root nor branch. In other words, there is coming a day when they won't even be able to spring back up to life. There's people, there's things that's come against you. Listen, the enemy, there's things that the enemy's been after you, that the devil's come against you. God said there'll neither even be a root. Because here's the deal. When I pray for people who are sick, I always say I curse that cancer to the very root. I want to go all the way to the root. Because if you can burn that root up, it'll never grow back. He says, I'll leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, come on now. The sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. You will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. Man, have you ever turned something out? I love watching them when they leave there and jump and buck and fart and run and just free. That's free. When you can just, you know, I like that. That's free. <laughs> Look what it says. And you will tread down the wicked, for they shall be as ashes under your soles of your feet. On the day which I'm preparing, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, even the statutes and ordinances which I command, commanded him in Horeb for all Israel. Listen, in other words, he's saying right alignment. Be in right alignment. Be in right alignment. Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. And he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the land with a curse. Listen, God, that's that order and that's that correction that we've been preaching here for years now. See, that spirit of Elijah has already come. It's already bringing correction. See, and the, the, listen, the three men that Elijah anointed, Haziel, Jehu, and Elisha. Haziel dealt with the apostasy of Israel, their unfaithfulness, their out of alignment. Come on. Then Jehu dealt with the rebellion. He dealt with Jezebel. He's the one that killed Jezebel. There's a spirit of Jezebel that runs the church in a lot of American churches. It's out there. It's not just a woman. It is a spirit of rebellion against. It's, it's an antichrist spirit. Come on. Churches, there's churches that run on an antichrist. I know that's hard to deal with and I'm sorry but this is just where we are this ain't church as usual Elisha come on he was he, Elisha came in he brought the truth he brought the refining fire he brought the double portion listen I'm telling you right where you're sitting God's going to start anointing you as you leave here there's going to be things that you you're going to be confronted with out there that's not right that's not how God does things come on y'all hearing me this is the correction 
and the order that's coming to the church. You, the believer, trusting in God, when somebody says something dumb, say, that's not God's way. That's not how God, here's what you're gonna do to be blessed. Because there's a lot of stupid things out there. Come on, you see them on Facebook all the time. If you love God, pass this on, say amen. It used to come in your, it used to come in your email. If you don't pass this on, you don't love God. Delete. Come on, y'all know, everybody falls for that stuff. Oh, I love God, I've got to pass this on. See, right alignment is about harvest. See, here's what you got to understand. God is about product. See, that's why God didn't make religious statements because God wants a product. God wants a harvest. And God is in his harvest fathering, husbanding, farming, working his harvest. Come on. Listen, he wants. He said, don't, don't pull the tares out because it may, it may hurt the other wheat around it. See, God, God can do what he needs to do even in the midst of a bunch of tares. Come on, praise God. See, John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. If y'all would stand. See, the most amazing thing that changed my life is when I took the religious uh, religious glasses off the filters and begin to read this word and take it personal that it's alive that it's truth come on it'll change your life it'll change your relationships it'll change your finances It changes everything. And God knows what we need. So why do I worry? Why do I? Why do I worry? What we need to do is surrender. That's the hardest thing. Is just surrendering. And repenting and acknowledging, man, my ways are not. God, show me your ways. When's the last time you asked God, God, my way ain't working? Well, he didn't tell me nothing. Well, it's only been a day. You gotta just stay with it. Terry, it'll, listen, I'm telling you, it'll, it'll be amazing to you that how God will confirm his word to you. And when you start seeing God confirming his word, that's like some of you in here, God may have been dealing with you about this message about what has been said and you're going, man, that was for me this morning. See, that's God confirming that you're hearing him. That's God saying, hey, you're hearing me and that's what needs to happen. You need to repent. You need to change. You need to renew your mind. My ways, I'm trying to get you to bear fruit. I'm trying to get you to a result See, there will be, no, listen, <laughs> Manasseh and Ephraim 
He'll help you forget your sorrow and he can doubly bless you even in your affliction. Come on, is anybody in here with me? Father, we come to you. I thank you today, Lord. Lord, I thank you for wisdom. Lord, I thank you for your great grace and love with which you pursue us in the cultivating and pruning process. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, for lasting fruit in our life. For lasting fruit that remains love, the joy, the peace, the patience. Lord, I thank you that the byproduct of that will be seen and it'll result in sustaining life for others. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.